As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Perth, Australia, down under, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. UFC, politics, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's No Holds Barred Radio, folks, and I'm here with my co-host and producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, another week gone by, another week older. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little bit older. I'm not weak, even though, uh, you know, I am older and it's another week, but I'm not weak yet, so that's good. That's okay. It's all good. Um, Everything's strong. I'm back from uh, the COVID world. I had a fun UFC last week in Rio de Janeiro. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Lots to talk about there. Definitely a bang-up show for any question whatsoever. Let, let me ask you through- this right off the top, because I saw some uh, fans' appreciation uh, getting to meet you uh, down in, in, in Rio online and whatnot. Is there any place, I mean, obviously, the United States, we love you, Bruce, but is there any place outside of the United States that loves you quite like Brazil? <laughs> um, I like to say they love the UFC, okay? Okay. And in turn, right. they hopefully have love for me. Um, appreciation at least I'd answer your question directly. Uh, the, the passion of the Brazilians is probably the highest level in the world, but there's other great fans too. You know, it's very hard for me to walk. I mean, you're going, you're going to Perth, like you said here, uh, the the bar has been set like Perth needs to show up. Otherwise they're probably going to be a couple (laughs) steps behind Brazil. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, Perth, you got to bring it, but Perth always brings it. The Australians of definitely course. get into their fights. The way I like to say it, because I don't want to take anything away from any country and all the great fans that we have out there, but Brazil stands on its own. I mean, it's a it, different kind of fire. It's a different kind of environment. Um, they honored me with the seconds or whatever my image was placed on the uh, Jesus Christ Redeemer statue. Yeah, that was cool. Which That just blew me away. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh my gosh. You know, I get back from the show. I'm presented with this beautiful art piece painting that this artist that I know down there uh, was so excited. He was waiting at the hotel till four in the morning. Oh, my God. To present me with this painting, which he was able to roll up so I could take it back. Um, walking down the streets, is, it's very difficult uh, for the fighters and for me to to walk around. But it's so pleasurable. It's such a beautiful country. Of course, we know you have to be careful there, right. just you do in, in every major country. But um it was beautiful weather, beautiful experience, incredible show, which, again, we'll go into a little later. Um, but they, there's other countries that are very highly passionate. The Canadians are very highly passionate about mm-hmm. the UFC. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think they might be the most passionate uh, mixed, mixed martial arts fans as a whole. Um, but, I mean, I'm not taking away anything. Like I said, it's a different sort of fire and passion. It burns a little bit different uh, everywhere. And, like, yeah. I just I have a hard time thinking that anybody uh, sort of roars with you quite like Brazil. <laughs> well, 20,000 Portuguese speaking individuals in an arena can make a lot of noise, as can 10,000 Irishmen in an arena in Dublin sounding like 100,000. Right. Of go course. To the UK and of London course. coming in March. The big difference is when you're in Asia mm. and they have a tendency to be very respectfully quiet. Right. Until a a submission or. or they have big moments, but it's, land. yeah, you, you, they make you wait for it there. Yeah, every, like I said, every country has its flavor. Right, of course. Yeah, there's no question. Brazil is is off the hook. And like they say, variety is a spice of life, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, a lot of travel. I'm back. I shot down there. I was there for two days and back. Um, That's a tough trip, I would think. You know, that. I mean, granted, it's not the, the biggest time difference. I mean, going West Coast to, to Brazilian time is a little bit harder than, say, if you're, you know, in New York per se. But it's a long journey to kind of relatively stay on the you know the the western side of of the the map if you will uh but th- that's a that's a quick trip to go a long way 
Yeah, it is. I mean, for me, it's LA to Miami. I could go to out of Houston or Dallas, but I went to LA to Miami. You know, it's five and a half hours plus whatever, and then a nine hour flight yeah. down to Rio. And then John Anik and I flew back to Miami together, you know, where he lives down in Florida. Nice. And then back home. So yeah, it's um, you know, that's the thing, people out there, they think, oh my gosh, it's so glorious. You're getting on planes, you're flying. It's oh, dude, that'll first kick your class, ass. Business class, It'll still whatever. kick your ass, Bruce. Don't cry for me because yes, I do fly business in first class. Okay. And, right. and I'm very happy and humble that I get to do that. And it kills me when I'm in a plane and a fighter who's fighting is sitting in coach. It kills me to see that. Now, the, not every fighter does that, but right. You know, contracts I, are contracts. I don't know if I ever told you this. I tried to give Takanori Gomi my first class seat one time. You did tell me that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, I don't speak Japanese and I don't think he even understood what I was trying to say and then the the flight attendant got got sort of upset with me um really because you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to give up your your seat you're supposed to sit in your assigned seat on those flights especially when you are upgraded to business class but uh i i tried you know what the gesture was there and that was very cool and that's what you should have done and that was nice of you tj very nice i have i won't mention names Mm. but there was one time that i did upgrade a fighter to first class I don't but, want to I mean, mention names. Years ago, I just uh, there was problems with the ticket. I can well, see there was problems. Just had a just had a hell of a an event. You know, our, our our guy Eddie Bravo. I know you hooked him up one time. He was having oh, a hard Eddie, time that's getting right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. He never stops talking about that. Eddie's a guy that if you do something nice for him one time, you're gold to him forever. And uh, man, I, he still talks about that when I bring you up. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that definitely took a lot of my mileage off my. My uh, my account, guys. I think we were actually coming back from Brazil. Yeah, you were, you were. But yeah. I mean, that that's the one good thing. And again, you know, we're not trying to say like it's hard for you, but the the airline miles are, make it you know a little more worthwhile to you know do that grind. And uh, but I mean, heck, you never really go anywhere. I know you're going on vacation soon, but man, you never really take advantage of those air miles for yourself personally. I have them all piled up. I've used them, you know. I gave my brother a ticket to Hawaii one time. I've done it for a couple other things, but actually, they're all all adding up and you know they'll be used for a good thing for my family right. and my loved ones for no question i just cashed mine in for the first time ever buff and uh in two what, did you get a bag it, for a hundred thousand miles no 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 it wasn't bad i mean it was definitely uh uh 150,000 miles for two uh, airplane tickets but going to hawaii with my family in two weeks oh you are yeah. what, what island are you gonna go to going to oahu i mean we uh we were there last right. year um you know I, I would like to go visit the other islands but uh we found this great little place, and as long as my wife and I can swing it, uh, Valentine's week, we'll always go to Hawaii. Oh, that's wonderful. How nice is that? Valentine's Oh, what a romantic. Yeah, so like our, well, our, our, our anniversary is the 18th of February, so it sort of coincides with uh, Valentine's Day. So, uh, you know, we go out there and celebrate it. Oh, so you're going to get laid in Hawaii. I mean, I'm I'm gonna DJ do, lay that that's you could land at the airport. They oh, give you a lay right, right, yeah, yeah, lay lay sorry, sorry, yes, right, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. Okay, <laughs> interpret any way you want, but I was talking about the flowers. Right, so, sure, okay. yes, yes. All sir. right, you got it. So, um, yeah, Kristen and her family just got back from the Big Island over Christmas holidays. They had a great time. Yeah, uh, even I mean, with the uh, volcano that went off there, they had an amazing time. They just she's she's amazing when she plans a trip. I mean, every day. It was something to do. It was right. a helicopter ride. It yeah. was this. It was that. It was all day long. So I'm friends with her on Facebook, and like I, it looks exhausting to go on uh, vacation. with Oh, Kristen. you saw her? Yeah, yeah, posting on her trip it was like. Yeah, actually, I was getting a little exhausted looking at all the stuff right? that they did. But you know what? When you're in Hawaii, when you're in paradise, take advantage of it. Where right. are you staying in Honolulu? Uh, so we're staying at a Disney resort. So it's in Koalina. Um, and I'm actually splitting it up. We're going to do four or five days up there and then go back down to Waikiki Beach and, and finish our trip there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I told you what I used to do when I was younger. Um, I would take a week or two weeks, mostly a week. I would stay in Honolulu at the Reef Hotel mm-hmm. or a couple others, an older hotel. But I always got this room on the corner where I had two lanais, which are the balconies, one facing the ocean, one facing the mountains. I would get up early, I'd rent a car, I'd rent a Jeep, I'd hit the North Shore, I'd surf North oh. Shore until about noon, yeah. get back about one, recuperate on the beach, go out and party at night, whatever that meant, Right. and boom, next morning, 6.30, boom, in the Jeep, off to the North Shore, surfing again. I That was my, and I was solo trip. I mean, that's that's sometimes that's the way to do it, Buff. 
you know, it was like, adventure, I mean, I, adventure city. I had so much fun. I, you know, I, fun. I, I have a family obviously. So when I go on vacation, I'm not going by myself anymore, but, uh, you know, when yeah. I go for work, when I go to the UFCs and stuff, there's a lot of times I'll just grab a backpack and run around town, you know, if I don't have anything to do and it's fun, you know, it's, it's that old saying when in Rome, you know, go out and go do the things that they do and, uh, you'll be better for it. The North shore is just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And, yeah. uh, when we were there last year, I assume it's going to probably be the same this year. Uh, they had the world championship uh, surfing competition uh, the week that we're out there. Because, yeah, dude, those waves are absolutely insane, and they break right on the beach. Like, you feel them hit the ground. Well, in pipeline, you're taking off, and you're literally in two to three feet, if you're lucky, before the, with, you know, of depth. Yeah. With the reefs underneath. Yeah. There's caves there. You know, people die there. Yeah. I mean, you got to be very experienced. The lifeguards do not play around when it comes to, uh, you know, pasty white guys like myself who don't know how to swim very well. They'll, oh, they'll straight, get rough with you to make oh, sure yeah. you stay out of the water. I mean, they'll they're, save they're your saving life. saving your life. Right. If they got to rough you up to save your life, well, at least you're not dead. You know, the thing is, is that um, I've told you my favorite sport is surfing. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite sport to watch is surfing. Really? You sit on the beach and the waves are there 6 to 20 feet, 25 feet. You mean feet, in whatever. person? You don't mean like on television? No, I don't mind watching. Oh, no, I'll watch videos of oh, surfing. Really? You know, Instagram, I look at stuff all the time. Have they but ever had yes, you down to like Huntington Beach to do their world championships down there? Like that would be cool if you did no, that. No, but I would do them in a heartbeat. All right, you know, so someone sure. called the, the Huntington Beach... Uh, Surf people and get Bruce Buffer hooked up. I'd get on down there, no question. But yeah. um, whether I was in the water surfing or, you know, even like when I've been at sunset, one of the biggest days I surfed at sunset was what I would call 10 feet, which in Hawaii you measure the waves by the back, yep. not by the face when they break. Yep. But that 10-foot, 12-foot wave will break into a 20-foot face. So you're taking off, you know, on a two-story-plus building. Mm. But the thing is, is that you sit in the water – and it's so majestic because you'll be looking and 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 you watch the waves peel and they form rainbows as they peel. Yeah. It's and it's just like as close to God as you can get. It's, it's just it's you're magic. with Poseidon in his playground. I call it Poseidon's playground. Yeah. It's like it's hard to relay the feeling. You have to be there. One hundred percent. And like that's the thing too. We've talked about, you know, religion and spirituality on the show, and everyone has their own sort of views on it. But like yeah. you take the most non spiritual person in the world and put them in that environment, and you're gonna have a, a feeling of just awe because Mother Nature is what it is. And when you see paradise like that, like it, it puts a lot of stuff into perspective. It's incredible. And then um, when you catch one of those monsters, it's really incredible. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> What's crazy to me, Bruce, is how warm the water is there in Hawaii. Oh, it's perfect. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Even when the wind's blowing. Most I've ever won is what they call a rash guard, which is just a thin shirt on top right. because it's windy. Yeah. You know, that's about yeah. it. Otherwise, you're going to enjoy. So you get a chance to sit on the beach because this is big wave season. It's winter. Yeah. Um, they just had a huge swell. One of the biggest ever. Really? Yeah, just uh, last week. Were or people week surfing before. it? Heck yeah! Really? See that? I, I just you got to know what you're doing out there. It's just terrifying. Surfers have balls of steel. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Man or woman? <laughs> hey, balls of steel. Hey, figurative for sure. It's totally figurative speech. Totally figurative. Anyway, enjoy that. I'm off on. Um, but I mean, I'm is gonna... is this a vacation? Because I know you, Bruce. I know how you're competitive when it comes to poker. This is a business trip in a roundabout way for yourself. It's a well, yeah. In respect to the business, because actually, you know, I'm, I'm I have a paid appearance, right? And then, of course, I'm going into the here's laying it out. If you didn't listen to last week's show, what's happening is Poker Stars has these amazing tournaments around the world, okay? And there's basically five this year. So uh, this year, I'm going to Nassau, Bahamas. Um, I'm going to take a red eye uh, Saturday morning, late Friday night. Get in on Saturday because uh, I was going to get in on Sunday, but get in on Saturday to take two days of relaxation. Nice. Right, I wanna, get your I mind wanna, right. Get my mind right because I'm going into mental warfare on the Greenfelt Battlefield of Champions. And it is mental warfare. You're playing poker for 10, 12 hours a day. One mistake, you're out. Yeah. It's a $25,000 entry to enter the tournament. But first prize is 4 to $5 million. And that's going to take a toll on you mentally and physically. I mean, that grind. But like when you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, 
when you think about what is at stake, Buff, I, I just that, that's going to raise your heart rate. You're going to get you know some some sweats. You got to control all that to not have your tells and whatnot. So it's going to be nobody's uh, going to see my heart rate, TG. I got to have my poker face on and calm as hell. I mean, this is this is a war. There's guys there like Daniel Negreanu. They'll see me just right? reach and scratch my nose. They know exactly what's in my hand. Do you? As uh, I do, a lot of people too. Do you put uh, sunglasses on in, in the latter stages of a you know? I carry them with me if my eyes get a little tired or I just want to relax. I'm I'm actually going to wear a mask. Um, and because, they, I mean, they have to allow that, right? Like with, with no, all they'll the allow it. You have twelve. There's twelve hundred people that are going to enter the tournament, each right. paying, you know, like myself, twenty five thousand. I mean, they were Did they allow that prior to COVID? Could you wear a mask? Nobody even thought about it. Hmm. Nobody even thought about I suppose, it. I suppose it right? wasn't even yeah. a thought. But right now, they sometimes don't allow hoodies. Mm. Um, they might even not allow sunglasses at times. I'm not sure what the rules are here, but, uh, because 1200 people are there from all over the world, the top poker players from all over the world, you know, there's COVID in the room. Now, listen, I just got over COVID two weeks ago. Okay? Right. Yeah. So there's COVID in the room. I mean, I'm not it's impossible. It's impossible to have a large group of people without someone being sick. Right. And with all these new variants that are out there, even though I just got it, boom, I can get it again. I got a sure. friend of mine that's had it six times. Well, especially in a different part of the world. You know, the variants yeah. in the Bahamas could be much. To, and also you have people coming from all parts of the world. So, Well, I went on Amazon. I bought some very fashionable, cool masks. So I'm, nice. I'm, I'm fine. I'm nice. cool. Uh, anyway, I'll have my fun there. But uh, so what I'm going to do is, yeah, I'm going to take two days. A um, couple of my poker buddies are coming in. I want to like Saturday, I'll get there in the afternoon. I want to get, you know, I want to jet ski. I want to get to the beach. I want to enjoy the outside. I want to watch the football games on Sunday. You know, we'll talk about football in a little bit. You know, my Eagles, I'm all behind them. Uh, and just relax to get ready for the war for three days, hopefully three days. If I'm in that tournament for three days, we'll get a new, we'll get a new visual for the show. There you go. There you <laughs> we'll go. get a new opening. We have the all show. the I'll toys, money. all the toys. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy you a studio. So we'll see what's up. There you go. Okay. Anyway, that's, but it's a, it's at the Bahamar resort, uh, which is a five-star resort. Uh, poker stars taking great care of me and I'm just going just to chill out, you know, that's great. and just play poker. And I need to relax. I'm taking a little Brucey time. When's the last know? time you played, uh, in a tournament? Have you played in a tournament post COVID? Like uh, I played in, in the poker stars or poker go tournaments, um, in February, what no, February, pardon me in November. Okay. And, uh, that was like a um, ten thousand dollar entry. Uh, everybody paid five or ten. I think it was five or ten. Was that your and first uh, in person tournament since COVID? In person, person tournament since a year ago. Okay, because I don't play live poker because of the COVID situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one hundred seventy people entered that. I went out at sixteenth. Oh, dang. Uh, ninth was a seventeen thousand dollar payday, and first place was one hundred seventy thousand. I just missed it. All right. No more bubbling anymore. All right. I mean, you, I can play him. I played Daniel DeGrano, one oh, of the I greatest know. poker players. He's won over $50 million, and I, I doubled up on him twice and went from 7,000 chips to 280,000 chips in seven minutes. Thank you, Dan. You know, I would I would love to uh, get one of those poker pros back on the air. We used to have a lot of them on the air. Howard Letterer was on the air. Oh, I'll um, get Dan on. I'll get Dan on the show. That would be great. We haven't talked to him in a while. I'd love to just talk to him about what poker is like, you know, in this uh, post-COVID-19 world. I'll probably be playing uh, Phil Helmuth, so I'll either get Dan or Phil Helmuth, and we'll get we'll get him on the show. That I, I I don't know how I feel about Phil. Like I appreciate Phil, <laughs> I respect Phil, but man, I like I wouldn't be able to play against Phil. He would drive me crazy. I love playing against Phil. Yeah, and I love pissing him off because when you piss Phil off, that's that's when it's a lot of fun. Right. So I like taking hands off Phil. I've only played him a couple times, but has he yelled at you he, yet? Oh yeah, we've been we've we've been friends a long time. I frustrated the hell out of him one time when we were playing in a tournament. Um, and, uh, you know, I did it on purpose. Of course. Play the I mean, player, baby. That's how Play you win, player. right? Yeah. It's fun. Phil's got an ego that's probably the size of a, of the Empire State Building, but he's actually a really super nice guy and he's an incredible player. So that's what I kind of want to know. Like how much of it is him hamming it up, you know, for. It's Phil. Yeah. It's Phil. Yeah. All the way around. For those of you that understand poker, I've never heard of Phil Helmuth, but he's a brat. Anyway, so that that's the game. I'm not looking to go down and party hardy and all that. I'm looking to relax. Right. And I mean, chill. Th that's the thing. Like we were talking about Kristen, how she goes out and, you know, has a family vacation where she's killing herself to do everything. Like, I appreciate that. But very few people, I think, actually do what they need to do on vacation. And that is sort of, you know, take take a break and, and relax and, and rest because so many people come back from vacation feeling like they need another vacation just to recover. 
There's no question. And um, it's kind of like New Year's Eve. You know, you break in the new year and then you need two days to take it over the right. new year. That's yeah. why I don't go crazy on New Year's Eve. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, the thing is about a vacation, you really need. If you're if you're busy, busy, go, go, go like mm. I am, like she is, like you are, blah, 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 blah. You need that three or four day period just to get into the vacation. Right. Right. Yeah, because your brain and then won't you're shut relaxed. off. You got to yeah. you got to get out of the mindset of you know being the work person. Exactly, exactly. So I'll get back from that, and then um, I'm going to be there till about February second. Uh, then uh, four days later, after I get back, I head off to Perth, Australia, for the UFC. That's great. Yeah, so it'll be awesome, and uh, we'll take care of that. We'll talk about that next week. Let's go into a few uh, news stories here. Let's do it. TJ, oh, hey, you know, on. can we start at the top? Can we can we tell the world the announcement yet? Well, there's a couple. Which one do you want to? Well, tell? the meeting we had yesterday. It's all but official. It's not signed yet. But I think we. Can... Oh yeah, sure. Let's go. You want me to say it or you? You, you, uh, you have the honor, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment we've been waiting for. It's time, podcast. It's time. Radio is now part of UFC Fight Pass Network. Now, what does that mean I... for the listeners? Uh, not much. Uh, meaning, <laughs> in the sense that you don't have to do anything extra. The way you get the show right now is going to continue to be that way, but. Uh, you know, uh, getting on board that network, it helps the other shows. It helps us being involved with those shows. Um, you can, you know, watch us uh, on Fight Pass proper if you have a, a subscription and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, working with the UFC, like Bruce, you and I uh, work with the UFC on a daily, weekly basis. You know, it's yep. it's uh, it's good for us to keep this business in line with what they're doing. Um, you, know, you were, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, but you were an innovator in many ways when it comes to this podcast space and mixed martial arts. And uh, when we started, we were on the Sure Dog Radio Network, and that's something that I launched in 2005. And back then, that was uh, sort of the uh, first radio home of multiple podcasts in mixed martial arts uh, in one space. And you know, I really, would. It was. It was. It was literally the first network of mixed martial arts podcasts, and one of the very first networks that actually did podcasts lump sum in like a radio format where we'd have live back-to-back shows and yeah and things like that and um you know it's important to me to be involved with fight pass because they've been so good to me uh you know over the years but also to help build the next generation of of a podcast network in the mixed martial arts space is is great no i agree with you and you know when you think back i'm very proud of two things um that i did one with you which is the podcast but i would say when we started the podcast some 16 years ago or whatever you know, before we had Joe Rogan on before he ever started his oh, amazingly yeah. successful on, podcast. On your show, Bruce, uh, he said to me, uh, Joe said, every comedian wants to be a radio guy and every radio guy wants to be a comedian. Good and, memory. And I'll never forget that because it's kind of true. I don't really want to be a stand-up comic, but if you think about it, it's it's very close. The two worlds are a lot closer to one another than you think. And it turns out Joe Rogan's one of the best you know radio podcast hosts in the world. Incredible. Incredible. And when we started this, uh, being, you call it a pioneer start because it was probably less than a hundred podcasts existing at the time we started our podcast. Yeah. Um, now so there's thousands and thousands. I had the third ever MMA centered podcast behind, uh, the late Ryan Bennett and, uh, Eddie Goldman. Um, but you're right. Eddie Bruce, Goldman. Like, you know, I mean, it, we were doing things like the, the technology wasn't even there. Do you remember Skype no. doing those Skype calls long before Skype is even what it is today? Like there was no way we could do video calls back then. That wasn't nope. a thing. Um, well, we had a studio. We had yeah, a studio. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but we did. I mean, we've been on the air a long time together, but uh, to, to move the show to Fight Pass is, is pretty cool. It's very cool. I'm very excited. And um, it's going to bring a lot more eyeballs to the show for sure. And then the other, the second thing I wanted to mention is, you know, getting back in this pioneer MMA world which we both have consider ourselves part of, and rightfully so. I started one of the first fighting websites ever, which was maxfighting.com. Oh, I remember. And that was, I even showed that to the UFC before they ever started UFC.com because I yeah. built that yeah. I built that site and spent the money to build that site because I wanted to, as everything else I did walking around 24-7, is to publicize the UFC. You know, it was interesting. You did that at a time where mixed martial arts wasn't a very big thing uh, in yeah. the in the common space. And also, too, news centered on the Internet was still in its infancy. You know what I mean? Like, th that was you know shortly after the dot-com boom, per se. But, like, the way that people were getting news and information was still much more traditional than it is today. Like, I mean, how many people still have a newspaper subscription? Not many. How many people I even miss, watch the news? They just look at their phone. 
I love turning pages. I miss the newspapers. I, I, I know too. I can pick one up when I'm in an airport, but yep. you know, it's so easy on your phone. But getting back to Max Fighting, two people came out of that. One was Tom Gervasi, who's very integral to the UFC machine. Um, he was one of my key writers and editor, and he works heavily with the UFC right now, doing all the biographical work on the fighters. And the other was uh, Josh Gross. Yep. One of, one of Dana White's favorite people who he probably has dinner with Ariel Hawane almost at least once a month, right? Could, could you imagine a uh, dinner, <laughs> dinner table of gross <laughs> Ariel and Dana? Man. Oh, God. The table's getting the, flipped over. What's that? That table's getting flipped over. Yep. <laughs> to say the least. All right, let's go into a few little news stories here, then we'll talk a little more UFC. Um, TJ, we're in the 26th day of January, and there's already been more mass shootings than days in 2023 in the United States. I think it's up to 30 plus. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny about that is people don't re realize nothing's funny about that. No, no. I'm, poor choice of words. Sorry. But yeah. what, what what is uh, unfortunate about it is people don't realize how many mass shootings happen in this country where they don't even hear about it because it's so common that not every single one makes the news. It might make it regionally, you know, where it takes place, but not everyone is national news. And honestly, with, with the amount that we have, Bruce, the national news couldn't even cover it the way that uh, you would think they, they would or they probably would if it happened in the 70s or, or 80s um, because you never would be able to talk about anything else but, but shootings yeah. on the news. Yeah, it's exactly, exactly. I don't know. I, I don't I wish it would calm down. I don't know what's well, going on. Well, the latest one here in on. the latest one here in California is just oh, horribly unfortunate. In Monterey Park that yeah. the 72 year and kudos to that guy that took him down that stopped him from the second place that he stopped at cuz had that man not uh taken him down and taken his weapon, God knows how many more people would have been killed. That man was 72 years old. I know. I know. Is that like the oldest mass shooter in the history of mass shootings? On, honestly, Bruce, I, I can't answer that because, again, we don't even hear about all of them. But that's definitely the, the oldest person involved that, that I've ever heard or, or can recall. Wow. Well, a couple more tragic stories before we get on to the good stuff. Russia's unleashing strikes uh, now against Ukraine after the U.S. and Germany have agreed to send tanks. Um, mm. The U.S. is going to send some uh, 32 special tanks, the highest, the highest, most technical tanks in the world, but they can't get them to, to until the end of the year because they don't want to deplete our personal supply. Right. But Germany, in turn, is sending over their Leopard tanks, um, and they're doing everything they can, and, and Putin's answer to that immediately starts unleashing strikes against Ukraine because of that. Yeah, how crazy is it that this conflict has been going on for almost a year now? Crazy. I mean, I honestly thought it would be taken care of. I mean, I never thought it would go this far. I remember the, you know, the build up to it and there was a lot of posturing and, you know, it ultimately had done this in the past uh, where it looked like it was going to boil over, but, but calm down. And uh, now almost a year into this war and, you know, we've spent billions of dollars, uh, you know, helping Ukraine. And um, I just, I don't know when it ends, Bruce, because like Russia is clearly not having the sort of success in getting what they want out of this and they just keep fighting and, you know. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Have you seen any of the, the the way that the Ukrainians are fighting the war, like on online, like the how they're using like retail drones to drop grenades? On... Staggering. It's crazy. It's staggering. It's a whole new type of warfare. Yeah. It's staggering. I just want it to end. I want it to be over. No, one hundred percent. Um, it's horribly unfortunate, and I I don't like hearing uh, about any of this stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it can come to a conclusion soon. Because that's the thing too. Like, unfortunately, Russians, especially athletes, they're they're not able to compete in a lot of things. Like the uh, Russian uh, soccer teams can't play in the World Cup. Um, you know, the, the they're sort of sanctioned from a lot of international uh, sports, and uh, I don't. It, it's tough to to sort of have any idea when things are going to return to normal. Well, only know we know, TJ. When it when it happens, it happens. It's just so tragic, and you know the ancillary effects against the innocent uh, citizens and and women and children and families. It's just I, it's mind boggling. I, it, it's depressing to even think about. I just want it to be over. Yeah. And we'll see. At least it hasn't grown into a World War Three situation. Yeah. Um, which was very scary there at a certain point. One last story before we. Uh, I, I hate swaying from these uh, horrific stories to other horrific stories, but it's the world we live you, in. Did Did you hear about this? There's a festival in India. Mm -hmm. Six people, including three children, died at the festival when their throats were sliced open what? by kite strings. Oh no! Kite string, you know, from one of the uh, right, um, yeah. So attractions there was it uh, was it a wire or was it actually just a kite string? 
I, you know, I can't get the details here for some reason, but it's just, I have the title. It's like they died. TJ. I mean, th that's, that's the thing that you don't really realize is, uh, I I've heard with like, uh, a lot of like parasailers, uh, people around the boat and stuff. If you're not, uh, careful, you can get hit with that, you know, rope that goes up to the parish. I didn't even think about that. That I, I don't know why I never thought about that. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, but it's because, like, we don't really think about those things being that dangerous, right? Because you think of a, a parasailer just floating in the air like a cloud. And it's But, you know, the wrong type of atmosphere and wind. Like, what's crazy to me is, like, what the wind can do to, like, those bounce houses that kids have. You know, those little jumpy inflatable houses. Uh, that they have at like birthday parties, like the wind will take those things up and throw it in the air if you put it on the beach on a windy day. Um, you know, the, the smallest of things that you don't think can hurt you can unfortunately kill you. AKA black little spider. So yeah, know. don't tell me about that. I found four of them in my garage the other day. Oh, they're all over my house. The, you know, the, the what's, what's funny is like they're, they're crossbred now to like this brown widow, which is like more uh, aggressive. Oh, that's, that's yeah, more aggressive. That's the male. Yeah, they're not as deadly, I guess, no, as the black more aggressive. widow. Yeah. Have they you have ever been bit by spot. one? Pardon me? Have you been bit by one ever? No, I haven't been bit by one. I I, I have I have palm trees around my house, and they like to go in the palm trees yeah. and stuff, and they occasionally drop down into the chairs. I did um, – uh, was about to sit down, and one was actually coming out of the egg in the crease of the chair. I saw the legs coming out of the egg. No good. Um, red red spot female, white spot male. Just be careful. Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah. Um, when my son had, like, the little playground outside in our house, like, they would uh, put their webs and stuff real close to the ground and that stuff. I have to go out there and, like, you can spray all you want to, but nature's nature, and they're going to go where they, they want to. I've done the green spray, the spray, that spray. Um, I'm not a lover of spiders. They are fascinating. Yeah. There's no question. But well, anyway. I mean, well, I'm worried more about the brown recluses. You know, those ones, they, you those get bit, will, you're going to have they will surgery. They you up, TJ. Yeah. yeah. When I was living in Texas, we would find tarantulas, you know, like this in the garage and stuff really? like that. Scary looking things. Yeah. But at least, I mean, at least, at least you can see those. Like, you're not going to generally roll up on a tarantula by accident. You know what I mean? I'm not good with, with the spot, like arachnophobia. Mm. I'm not a I'm I'm not a lover of the movie. Okay, I'm, I I right. don't like spiders. Okay, so uh, are you able to kill them yourself, or do you have to call someone to get them? I hate to say this, but with a passion. Yeah, but there's but I also know they're very good for the environment. You know, right, they, they, right. I mean, if so they're outside I, I, and they're not hurting you, let them I be. I try to put them outside or whatever. Right. And I've changed my attitude a little bit, but you know, I'm sorry when the thing is. I one time I opened up my door and there was spider web completely covering the door opening and a huge. Mm spider like this was yeah. right in front of me and i almost walked into it that i'll tell you what my problem with spiders is and then we'll get off this subject All right when i was a kid in dallas right i'm talking mm -hmm. young like about 10 okay um on the screen door was a big spider with a crusty back and mm -hmm. so i took my can of bug spray and i sprayed it mm -hmm. and about it must have had a hundred babies on its back because when i sprayed it oh so that was the crust started running off its back oh my god no, thank you. Freaked me out. Okay. Yeah. That kind of had an effect on me where spiders were not my favorite things from that point forward. That was a little too much. Yeah. What what I'm afraid of are bees. Well, I, mean, I don't want to kill bees, but like I if there's a bee around, like I kind of run away. I uh uh I had like one of those, like, you know, those uh horses that are on a big spring. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I got on one of those and it, there was a a hive underneath it. And it came out and like I got stung like 15 times. No, to, that'll 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 yeah. make you afraid, you know, but uh, be my my thing are hornets and wasps. Right. And, I mean, they're, they're they're all the same to me. I know bees uh, are much more innocent and docile and, and we yeah. need them. But like anything with a stinger like that, that flies like, oh, man, get me out of there. that little stinger hurts like a bitch. That's for sure. Depending it does. On where it, goes. it does. Yeah. All right. Here's a story for you, TJ. A Texas woman. Now. This is this is a lesson. Don't give your lottery tickets to somebody else to cash, okay? Why would you do that? Uh, well, this Texas woman pleaded guilty to a felony charge. She's facing up to four years in prison. She stole her cousin's $1 million New York State lottery jackpot winning ticket, okay? Wait, in Here's Texas? Thing. What's that? Did you say in Texas she did this? No, this was – it's a, a Texas woman. Right. But her cousin is a New York State lottery ticket. Right. So – it's Nassau County District Attorney's Office. Okay, okay. Got it, got okay. it, got it. So she pleaded guilty to one count of second-degree grand larceny after stealing the scratch-off ticket. 
And what happened is, is that if I'm understanding this correctly, the cousin asked Argetta, the woman's name who stole it, his name, uh, Iris Argetta, to catch the cousin. Her cousin asked her to cash the winning lottery ticket in exchange for $50,000 because her cousin wanted to remain anonymous, as I would want to, too. If but I can't wanted you to remain it. anonymous and still collect yes. the money? Look at the people that won a billion dollars a month ago. Have you heard who they are? No, no, and you shouldn't. You just you, you go should. you go to an attorney and get it sorted out immediately. So Argetta, the Texas woman who lived in Virginia at the time, she drove to her cousin's residence. She took possession of the ticket. She mailed it into the New York State Lottery to claim the winnings, right? This is mm. according to police. She opted to receive the prize money as a one-time lump sum that totaled over $537,000, okay, after right. taxes. She told her cousin that the lottery ticket only won 20000 and gave her cousin an envelope with $13,436 in it, claiming the rest was taken out for taxes. Oh, right? man. So she presented, she even presented her cousin with forged paperwork oh, from lottery man. officials detailing the winnings, right? What, what a piece of crap. So it was oh, horrible. So it wasn't until the victim came across the New York State Lottery press release that he discovered his cousin had been announced as the winner and claimed the $1 million prize and that she received over a half million dollars. She notified police. The cousin was arrested in November last year. Um, See, I guess forfeited. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if there's a case here because if she did give it to her cousin. And no, her no, she, there's a case. She's so been did arrested. she sign the back of the ticket? The woman who actually had the ticket? Okay. She's not, oh, that's she good then. It. She was smart at least to do that. Well, she's expected to be sentenced to one to four years in prison. Mm. Right. She forfeited uh, $317,857 in winnings from her bank account, which was left, which was returned to her cousin. There you go. Well, at least she got some money out of it. You know, you never know what those people do with that money and how quick they'll spend it, but that's crazy. Well, I don't think they'll be spending Christmas together this year, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm guessing they're not even going to be uh, getting a card. Yeah, I know. Do you get your nails done? Do you go get manicure? No, manicure? no. Uh, you know, I honestly should, um, but I, uh, I'm i notorious for for chewing them unfortunately they just come out with a new thing radiation from nail dryers you know where the oh, yeah. women put their hands in it. they may cause dna damage cancer causing mutations in human cells yeah i i mean that's not all that surprising when you think about it it's, it's i don't like know. a tanning bed tanning beds are considered carcinogenic with oh yeah UV. yeah yeah and i i mean i've been in my fair share of tanning beds too buff so uh <laughs> i i don't know i uh to me, I hate to say this, I'm not a big fan of women having like really long painted fingernails or, or even like shorter painted fingernails. I don't mind, you know, fingernails being nice and clean. I just I'm not I'm not the type of person that really enjoys like the longer fingernail in a woman. No, no, I I mean within reason, but the you know those right, with a, where it's got a curl down. Dragon lady yeah, curled no. long, you know. No talons, uh, please. What's that? No talons, please. Yeah, like talons. Those yeah. are crazy. It's crazy, especially if you're a masseuse, which obviously you wouldn't have one. Uh, in sports, a New York man who broke into a school shelter to uh, save more than 20 people from a deadly blizzard. Uh, nice to see the Buffalo Bills awarded him Super Bowl tickets. That's great. He literally saved 20 people, right? That's that's great. Unfortunately, the Bills won't be there. Yeah, I know. They, boy, they played a horrible game last, last week. But the Bengals are in. The Bengals are in. They're going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, here's my betting advice. I am now, I went the first week of the playoffs, four to five. Last week, I went three out of four. Uh, here's my picks for this weekend. Philadelphia Eagles minus 2.5 points at Philadelphia against the San Francisco 49ers. Very tough game. Sticking with Philly. Uh, two and a half is a great bet. Buy it. Go for it. Eagles all the way. Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals is a toss-up. The Chiefs are minus one. Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be 100% for the game. Cincinnati Bengals played a hell of a game in the snow against the Buffalo Bills last week to reign uh, victorious. Um, I'm not emotionally partial to either team, but I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, the AFC side. I, I, I thought you were saying you're not emotionally involved with Philly, and I'm like, I know that's definitely no, not the case. No, I'm emotionally involved with Philly, uh, absolutely. I predict Philly and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You know, it, it's funny. Hasn't Kansas City been in, like, five or six straight AFC championship games at this point? I can't answer that. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, think, answer, I, think, I think it's the case. Andy Reid, who used to coach Philadelphia Eagles, who's an incredible Right, coach. yeah, no, I think this is the fifth or sixth straight AFC championship game for the Chiefs, and uh, 
you know, great for them. That's great. But uh, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to see something different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, stupid is as stupid does. And this is very tragic. Stupid is as stupid does. You might've heard about this. A man was tragically killed, tragically shot and killed in a bizarre hunting accident. Okay. His dog pulled the trigger. What? Yes. Okay, so the safety was off and the dog did something to make the gun discharge. What happened is a beautiful husky dog. Um, Why are you bringing husky hunting? Huskies can't hunt. I'm looking at this picture. It's a husky dog. No, I'm not saying that you're wrong. It's just that's a weird dog to bring hunting. It's probably just his dog. Probably not a hunting dog. Just having a good day of hunting or whatever. Yeah. I'm not a hunter, so. Right. You know, anyway, the 32-year-old Wichita, Kansas native was killed Saturday. So what happened is, is that uh, supposedly the hunter's dog, they were driving. The hunter's dog stepped on the rifle while it was in the back seat, causing it to to discharge in the owner's direction, and it shot and killed him. Now, first off, I'm terribly sorry, and it's tragic the man was killed. My condolences right. go out to his family and loved ones. But what is the first rule of a gun? Well, to check and see if it's loaded. Obviously, the dog is not going to check and see if it's loaded. No, no. He had a right. He's a hunter. Right. He had a rifle with a loaded cartridge, a live cartridge in the chamber, safety off. Yeah. Ready to go. Which, I mean, there, there's not even a question of just uh, stupidity here. This is uh, a case of honestly breaking the law. You're not allowed to have a loaded gun in a car. Uh, you're not allowed to have a loaded gun uncased in a car. Um I'm, I'm guessing it probably was uncased, and I don't know if you know the gun being cased would uh, necessarily have saved him because it's, I'm sure it's a it was rifle. uncased, right? But my point remains the same. Um, so, like, I grew up duck hunting, and uh, anytime that the motor would run, the outboard motor on our duck boat, we had right. to unload our guns and, and put them in the case. Uh, which is interesting when you're out there trying to, you know, get uh, a duck that maybe you've, you know, uh, didn't kill but you dropped because uh, you, if you're going to go chase after it with the the, the boat, you got to turn off the boat once you get out there and then load your gun up and uncase it and all that stuff. And uh, a lot of people would, would take uh, shortcuts in that. And it's just, it's not worth it, Bruce. You, the, the issue, like like you said here, is like this guy personally didn't do anything wrong other than putting the gun in the wrong spot and keeping it loaded. The dog is the one that is, you know, discharging it. Uh, but... It wouldn't have been the case if it was unloaded or at least at the bare minimum had the safety on. And I know safeties can fail, but what are you doing with the gun loaded in the truck? What are you doing? Just the number one rule of having a weapon. You always check it, make sure it's not loaded. Uh, tragically enough, it was only a couple weeks ago or so that another story broke where a family's dog was sadly shot and killed by hunters. Yeah, And that's pretty common, unfortunately. In, in states that have, you know, really thick woods and, and uh, people are deer hunting, um, which is why you wear the blaze orange. And which is why your dog, even if uh, you're not hunting, you go out in the woods, you probably should put a blaze orange uh, coat on, on your dog because yeah. uh, a lot of those hunters, they get excited and they think that it's a deer and they, they unfortunately shoot and ask questions later. Well, another shooting incident that occurred on a, on a movie set, as we all know, the, the rush shooting that involved uh, actor Alec Baldwin, he's now been charged. He's now been charged in the fatal shooting of, you know, pulling the trigger. What's he been charged and, with? Do you know? Uh, I'm, I'm involuntary manslaughter. So he was also like the producer or director or something along those producer. lines. Producer. Yeah. So I mean, some of that responsibility's got to fall on him. Um, well, they're claiming that he pulled the trigger, and the, and the other thing is, is that we talk about checking your gun to make sure it's loaded. Yeah. Part of this issue is, is that you are supposed to check a gun to make sure it's loaded, whether you're the safety person on the set or the actor. They're they're throwing the book at them. They're, well, I, I would assume that they generally put like blanks in those guns. You know, they found they on this movie set a lot of safety issues where they found live rounds mixed with blank rounds. It wasn't a safe set from everything I'm reading. I mean, we got to be able to have technology now where you don't even have to use a real gun or even pull the trigger of a gun. There should be live set, rounds right? on a set, period. No, I, I hear you, but I, I think honestly that we don't even need to have real guns be the prop gun. You know what I mean? There, there's got to be know, a way that within... A, that drives a gun enthusiast or a collector or, you know, I am consider myself a very, very um, knowledgeable about weapons. Right. 
it drives me crazy when I watch movies and I can tell they're fake weapons. Sure, but, but, but there's a, there's the there's a way. It's twenty twenty three now, Bruce. Like there's a way to have a gun that looks identical, but the barrel oh, is, yeah. is just solid. You're you can't yeah. put around it. You know what I mean? Like, or at least if you're going to use the real gun, like, don't fire it. Like, you don't they even use, use rubber blood. guns, and they dub in gunshots more right. than people realize. That's what I'm saying. Films. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I don't know. We'll see how this one shakes out. Like we'll I, I feel, I feel out. terrible. I feel terrible for for Baldwin Horrible. because he didn't want to do it, you know. And that's why the charge is involuntary manslaughter. But it's just like no ma- no amount of sorries is going to make this okay. I just can't imagine living with that every day in my life. Uh, Jeremy Renner, uh, you know, he broke. He supposedly smashed or crushed thirty plus broken bones in his body. Okay, and that's why but it was in the out, ICU. Pardon me. Then that's why he went straight to like the ICU. Like it was, it was pretty scary. It was for intense. Him. Yeah. But he actually, you know, he's a hero in his own way because he jumped out to help a family member whose car was stuck in the heavy snow near his home. Mm-hmm. And the plow that he was on was a seven-ton plow. That oh my started god! To roll. He tried to get back in the driver's See, seat to control over the plow, but he was crushed underneath. I it. thought it was like his snowmobile or tractor. I thought it was too. Seven ton plow. Because when I first heard the story, I was like, you just got to let it go. Just let it go. Like, odds are it might get destroyed or whatever, but like you got insurance or something like that. Uh, But maybe he saved someone else's life by doing that. You don't know. Well, he he did. Supposedly. Yeah. So, you know, he's a a superhero in film and he's a hero in uh, real life and he's paying the price for it. But you know what? Um, kudos to you, Jeremy, and I hope you get better and strong. They say his bones will heal stronger than ever, but come on, 30 bones broken. Who wants to go through that? I mean, God. the only person that I know even comes close to that is like Evil Knievel. Well, speaking of Evil Knievel, Conor McGregor's back in the news again. <laughs> I saw this. I saw this. Uh, I mean, tell the story, Bruce, because like it just... It... A woman is accusing Conor of kicking and punching her while on board his yacht in Ibiza last year. Um, Connor's adamant the incident never happened, of course. I'm not, and this is all alleged. Right. I just, it's just crazy because there's been a number of these alleged stories that Connor's involved in. And why are there so many stories that Connor's involved in? You know, just, that's all I want to say. But truth come out, according to the Mallorca Daily Bold in Spain, the woman claims uh, the altercation went down after a night of clubbing to celebrate his birthday back in July of last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she supposedly grew up in Dublin, the same neighborhood as Connor. She claims once the party made its way to, to his yacht, he started to insult her appearance before kicking her in the midsection and punching her, even threatening to drown her. The woman told Irish police she'd feel for his life. She was forced to flee, flee the scene by jumping off the boat. Right, like a, a Red Cross boat apparently found her and rescued her. I don't see those details so that's here. What, no, but... that's what I read. That's what I read. Yeah, she was brought wow. back to uh, port from... A Red Cross boat, but like, I don't know, man. Like, she she made a report days later with the Irish police, but she did not name Connor um, in her report. Again, for everybody listening, okay, look, we all love watching Connor fight. You know, huge international superstar. Um, I'm not saying that he did this or whatever. I'm just reporting right. what's been alleged. No, in the and, news. and that's the thing too. Like, I'm not saying that he's guilty of this. I'm also not saying that he's necessarily you know clean of this because. What you've said too, Bruce, is we've seen allegation after allegation. It was, you know, the old man in the pub. It was uh, the smashing of the phone in Miami. It was, you know, the, the, the attacking dolly. of the bus right, at the exactly. UFC. Exactly. And it's just like, I, again, I can't say at all that this didn't happen or, or did happen, but it's just like, how do these things keep coming up? As the line says from Rocky, uh, one, two, three, from Rocky three, uh-huh. don't fight for free. Yeah, and just also maybe choose your friends a little wiser. You know, don't be in situations where things like this can happen. Keep the role model status. That's all I can say. God knows he has the power to have a, a great impression on a lot of people. And I'm not casting any aspersions. Right. I'm just talking about what's in the news. Well, I just worry that, you know, again, true or not, these allegations are going to get in the way of Connor coming back. Or at least it, it, it harms his... Uh, stock as, as a brand, as an image. And um... it's not about him coming back because he'll come back, uh, you know, whether you're loved or hated. The bottom line is everybody's going to watch the pay per view that he's on. It's more of a hurt to his brand as far as, you know, any marketing abilities out there. If right. the people he works with consider it harmful. Well, and, and that's the thing too, Bruce, is like he's he's a hero to a lot of people, not just Irish people, you know, but a hero to a lot of mixed martial arts fans. Yeah. And bringing martial arts. Higher on the on the uh, right and observatory th- level. These aren't 
how role models are supposed to act. Enough said. Alleged. Right. I'll leave it at that. Alleged. Okay, let's talk about the UFC. UFC 283, Teixeira versus Hill. What a show. Crazy audience. Brandon Moreno against Davis and Figueredo. Uh, congratulations to Brandon on uh, realizing and achieving the flyweight title again. Um, Everybody loves Brandon Moreno. happy with him throwing full cans of bottles, full cans of beer and everything at him. Uh, I haven't uh, seen that happen. I was going to say, everybody loves Brandon Moreno, except, you know, the, the fans that were pulling for uh, Davis and Figueiredo. Davidson, yeah. Um, but what can you say? Like, uh, what a great fight by Brandon. Also, what a great fight by by Davis. And obviously, they didn't go his way. But th- these two are so clearly the best two flyweights in the world that I would literally watch them fight one another I- until the end of time. Uh, yeah. You know, Davison's moving up to bantamweight. I think that'll be good for him. The cut has been pretty hard on his body. Uh, you know, and we just need time. Like, maybe, maybe they do fight again. Maybe it's for. Uh, you know, a champ champ sort of situation down the road. We'll see what Figueroa looks like at, at 35. But, um, yeah, I just... Maybe I, a fight for both belts. Can you yeah, imagine that? I would love it. I would love... And I honestly, I think that you can you can do it. We've never same. had that. No, you can't. But, I mean, you so you have to do it in a way where you make weight at 25. And then once you weigh in for the Bantamweight fight, you have to weigh 126 because you're still under the uh, allotment. Uh, of one of 135. So you, you, you'd have to weigh in at 125 and then under... Uh, 135, which wouldn't be that hard. So um, weighing for the uh, flyweight, go first, have a light breakfast. Right, and, and then weighing again. But, I mean. That'll only benefit Brandon. That only benefits Brandon. That's not beneficial to Davison. Right, because Davison's still making the weight. You know what yeah, I mean? And, not uh, beneficial. No, but I, how cool would that be, though? One fight, two belts. It'd be very cool. Um, on that night, going, I'm, I'm with you all the way. Shogun Hua, his last fight, um, getting knocked out. In the you know first few minutes of the first round, I didn't like seeing that, but uh, congratulations, Shogun Hua. It's been I gave him a big hug in the octagon. It's been a pleasure announcing this man over the last twenty plus years. Um, incredible MMA warrior. Yeah, legendary. and you know he had a huge run before even getting to the UFC over in Pride Fighting Championships. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of people that don't know his brother Murillo Ninja Hua, uh, who who was a great fighter in his own right. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it's sad to see Shogun go, but. Clearly, you know, it's a young man's sport and he's long in the tooth and, you know, he'll he'll find, uh, you know, himself being respected, you know, as one of the all time greats for sure. And uh, it, it was it was great to see him with that, you know, idea in your mind. This is the last time Shogun makes a walk and you know, it didn't yeah. go his way, but you, you celebrate him nonetheless. He went on hard, but he went out with honor. Yep. <clears throat> Kudos to Shogun Hua. Uh, the first fight on the pay-per-view, Johnny Walker and Paul Craig. Oh, my uh, God. Wow. Now, this is the first time. Now, Paul Craig, very talented, number nine ranked contender going in the fight. Johnny Walker, number 12, now obviously be ranked number nine, uh, give or take. Um, Paul Craig gets in. He loves to take you down. He loves to submit you. Uh, that will, you know, he's incredibly talented, but you got to have that striking ability. Johnny Walker came in. Have you ever seen anybody who's being taken on a single leg takedown punch with the accuracy that Johnny Walker punched to take Paul Craig out no. in a, in a, in a one foot down one leg in the hold, in the grip yeah. position. I mean, I've never seen that. I've all, I mean, I I've thrown punches like that myself in yeah. a situation and somewhat powerful compared to my normal public, but Johnny Walker's punches had power on him. And I've also never seen a man look for shelter the way that Paul Craig did in another man's leg. You know what I mean? He was just trying yeah. to hold on to, to not get, hit and be punished and you know johnny walker's a guy that you know has had some ups and downs um Mm -hmm. but he's also a guy that uh has these flashes of brilliance and man did he look brilliant against a very savvy uh brazilian jiu-jitsu athlete in in paul craig um i'm I'm curious what's next for for johnny walker and, and what his progression looks like as he moves forward but what's he doing doing that worm dance again buff he tore his shoulder doing that one time and he's doing it again don't jump off the top of the octagon. Don't, you know, be careful. Those flips, you know, those most flips like football players scare me. You know, the ACL industries in football, ACL. Yeah. Uh, yeah the injuries. Yeah. You know where a lot of them occur? No. When they just jump up and down to celebrate. Oh, you know, I think that's why a lot of NFL players are, are banned from playing like pickup basketball games. Yeah. They got to be careful. I mean, look yeah. at me when I blew my ACL the second time, all I did was jump up and down on a stage. I know. Right. I, I was watching live on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, visual. Sorry. Um, Lauren Murphy, Jessica Andrade. I can't say enough about these two warriors. Lauren Murphy just 
battling, battling. But Jessica Andrade showed striking and boxing abilities in this fight mm. um, that are top level uh, compared to most MMA fighters. And she just was vicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was was great. I don't want to take anything away from uh, Jessica no, Andrade, a warrior. Uh, but no. but but Lauren is definitely a warrior, and she actually got on social media post fight. It, it was kind of going after everyone that said that her corner should have thrown in the towel. Uh, said that there was a bit of a double standard, pointing out that not as many people were saying that people should have thrown in the towel for Glover Teixeira uh, as as they were talking about her. I mean, I understand what she's saying. Uh, she doesn't want to have the fight taken away from her, uh, from her corner. Her, her corner, who should, you know, probably know her better than anybody else, didn't feel a need to uh, take her out of the fight. Uh, but anytime someone is taking punishment like that, you know, people on the outside looking in are, are going to raise those concerns um, you know, I was talking about this with, with Ray Longo and, you know, Ray, who's been around MMA for a very long time. He says, you know, as he gets older and, you know, athletes that he's trained get older, he always thinks like safety is, is more paramount than ever. Uh, you know, in John Hackleman, in, the, in Glover's uh, situation, he wanted to stop the fight. Uh, obviously, Glover uh, continued. But, um, you know, Ray brought up the idea, uh, Bruce, of, you know, are are you too durable in a sense that, you can go through hell, but do you have the ability to actually win the fight if you make it through hell? And, and you know, it, it looked at yeah. times that Lauren Murphy was not going to be able to be offensive if she survived the onslaught of, of Andrade. With Glover Teixeira, I think there were some moments where it looked like he could still win the fight. But who am I to say that you can't win a fight? Because how many times have we seen it? You remember that great fight with Scott Smith and Pete Sell? Like Scott yeah. Smith got hit to the liver and looked like he was done. And he comes with an overhand right and just changes the whole entire. He couldn't even celebrate that when he was hurt so bad, you know. Why? So because puncher's chance, puncher's chance. <laughs> but but I, right, I, so. I understand Lauren Murphy's argument. You know why? Why are people saying that? You know she should have had the towel thrown in, but not necessarily saying the same thing for Glover. But uh, I I had no problem with that fight. Where I did have a problem with Glover's fight, I wanted to see it stopped at a certain point personally. Kudos to Jamal Hill for, you know, coming out on top being the new light heavyweight what champion. What a savage that kid is, man. He's a savage. There's no question. Glover, uh, again, pleasure and an honor to announce him all these years. I wish him all the best. He's a fantastic human being. Um, I talked to John Hackerman, his uh, coach, and, you know, John was had it one grip on the towel, was ready to throw. But uh, we saw two examples here, and I don't want to say they stayed at the game too long. I don't want to say that, but it was mm. very tough fights for Shogun and for Glover uh, to go out on. But kudos to them, much respect to them. But but and I wish but again, them all the Glover Glover multiple times in this fight, but also in in other fights in his career where he's looked like this, where he's gotten beaten up, comes back to win the fight, or you know is 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 competitive throughout. Again, it's very hard to say when a fighter should or shouldn't. Uh, you know, stop fighting or have the opportunity taken away from them. But uh, it's, it's but, like Randy Couture. But th that's one thing I, I will say, Bruce. I hate to say it when it comes to the officials, the doctors, they, they err on the idea of, you know, that the corner knows their fighter and that the fighter, if he says they're okay, as long as they can pass that vision test, they allow them to fight. You know, maybe there are times when the, the doctor needs to be more assertive in saying, no, you're done. But until that happens, I don't think anybody's really going to take it away from the fighter because they're using their best judgment because, I mean, you're going to sacrifice a relationship with your athlete if you tell them, hey, you're done, I'm not letting you fight, and they still feel like they can. A lot Agreed. of people aren't going to be able to get over that. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's the fight game. It's the hurt business. It is what it is. But it was a hell of a show. Very exciting. It was great to be back in Brazil after four plus years of not being there and um, looking forward to uh, getting over to Perth, Australia. I'm not looking forward to the flight, but I'm looking forward to getting. Uh, over you'll to get Perth, one of those Australia. lay down beds. You'll be good. So 25 to 30 hour. Yeah. Tube ride. TJ. Th that, that's got to be like the long one of the longest uh, sort of travel itineraries you can have. On this planet. Thank God no. I'm not going to Korea first. The show was scheduled. That would have been a, just a hellacious amount of travel all yeah. the way around. So it's fine. I'll get down there. Think of John Anik. He's got six more hours on his travel schedule than I have on mine coming from Los Angeles. So I'm not going to don't don't cry for me, everybody. It's business class. It's all good. I just can't wait to get to Perth, get in the, the octagon and roar like crazy for the Australian fans. They're going to go nuts on the oh, show. Yeah. yeah, It's going to be amazing. All right, TJ, let's sign off. Uh, um, yeah. Anything special?
Um, I mean, there's always something special, especially over at UFC Fight Pass. I do a show called there Extra you Rounds. Uh, you, you can tune into that. Uh, Ray and I recapped uh, UFC 283. Check out the archive. Um, yeah, you know, Extra Rounds, UFC Fight Pass. Go sign up. Step into our world. And uh, follow me on Twitter, at TJ DeSantis. Perfect. All right, everybody. Um, I am off. Wish me luck. Uh, I'll be posting on social media how I'm doing in the uh, Poker Stars big tournament there in the Bahamas. So wish me luck, please. Come back next week, winner. I can't wait. I want to remind you all that uh, It's Time Cologne and Toiletries will be released here in the next eight weeks in the United States. Look at that. Incredible. We're going to start on Amazon or the stores, but it'll be in every store you can think of very, very soon. Followed by, in the next two months, the It's Time Energy Drink, which is going to just knock the world down. Here, in healthy Sorry, way. Rock. I'm in coming out. Way. Zoa, Noah, it's It's Time. <laughs> there you go. I always like to pick on Dwayne. Um, great guy. Great guy. So that's about it, TJ. I will see you next week. Uh, unless I'm at the final table, then I will see you the week after. Well, uh, let's let's just plan on seeing each other in two weeks then. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Hope 2023 has started off tremendously for you, health-wise, prosperity-wise, happiness-wise. Make sure you set your goals, you write them down, study them, become an expert on yourself so when you step on that yellow brick road to your future, you perform and you be the best you can be. Whether you're a champion number one or number 10, the bottom line is if you're the best you can be and you prepared yourself, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio. So have a great week. Have a great weekend. Big cheers, no fears. Love you all. Buffer out. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.